to me, whether I'm hanging out with my family at home or I'm at the office and I have a client and they're struggling with something and I'm able to help them overcome it, you know, I'm always going to, I'm always going to translate that to social media. I think there's just too much value in everybody's thoughts that just doesn't get put out enough. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. So do I get do I get to do the initial? Go for it. Welcome to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Good morning, noon, and night. It is I, Ryan, and our resident host, Mr. Doug Mitchell. We were on the road from Corpus. We just spent some time with the uh, Corpus team, had a blast, celebrated an anniversary, uh, said goodbye to some great people, but the podcast never sleeps. So <laughs> we have a special episode. We're going to do another Q&A. Um, the first question that we have on our list is, if you have core values and you're playing music in your office, how closely aligned should those core values be to the music that's playing in your office? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, so this is a tough one, right? Because in sales culture in general, you know, it's a lot of rap, it's a lot of hustling, getting money, you know what I mean? And uh, so, I think Wayne probably handled this the best uh, when we first started, and so he would focus it around. You know, he had a he had an Argenta playlist, which was really cool. And everything in the playlist, you know, yeah, there was curse words in it and stuff, but it wasn't like, hey, I'm getting bitches and fucking hoes and all this stuff. It was more like, you know, rap that tells a story. You know, uh, songs that talk about the grind and everything but it's not it's not you know the violence and the drugs and everything else you know it's more the the character the stories that that go behind them right so like so like let's say let's say we had Lil Wayne (laughs) (laughs) why are you laughing no no honestly yeah so like would you so like Lil Wayne he has a he has a ton of songs that are clearly clearly kind of like gang culture drug culture like how would you square that with like let's say it's on a playlist like apple sometimes you you do a playlist mm-hmm. like are you going with the you try to find the clean versions of a lot of stuff or are you trying to go just straight however it comes no, because I don't. I don't believe that we shouldn't curse. I mean, that's just silly. Like, you know, curse words have their place. I, you know, I believe that people curse too much. So I, I wouldn't be looking for the clean version necessarily, but I would have, you know, Little Wayne does have some songs where he just tells a story in them. You know what I mean? Right. And it it is about the record industry, and you know, going against the big record companies and stuff like that, and 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 owning your own label and um not being a slave to the man you know right which is that would be a great song for us you know what i mean but we're not playing lil wayne's lollipop yeah no 90 (laughs) percent of his stuff is not going to be really appropriate for the office you know what i'm saying and so like that's the best way to do it create the playlist and then based on the playlist create a station from that and then you get the kind of stuff you want. So he wouldn't just have rap in there. He would have like Imagine Dragons is one, you know, like some not necessarily pop, but like those those ballads that everybody likes, you know. Yeah. So so kind of like high energy, you know, good content, overcoming obstacles, that type of stuff that you know makes sense for a sales office. For sure. So so it's safe to say no Beethoven, right? Or I mean, okay, so I've been really hot on this lately, and I've been, when I run, and I, especially my long distance runs, so, okay, I gotta give credit to Trevor Cowley. So, I was at the RBO Mastermind, the one that we had in Utah, 
and Trevor Cowley was like, I don't listen to rap anymore. You know, I listen to uh, classical music. And I'm like, man, but classical music's so boring. Like, I, I get it, the talent involved is insane. Putting together those ensembles is just crazy, like with full band, full orchestras and yeah. all that. Um, he was like, oh, but I also do like, like uh, they do covers of rap songs. Like, okay, what, what is he talking about? So I kind of like researched it on Pandora and I found this station called Black Violin. And it is like 70% rap songs that are covered by violins and it is freaking awesome. And so that's what I listen to because there's no lyrics. It's yeah. just the instrumental, but it's it's with violins and everything sounds better in violin. That's that's very true. Everything, <laughs> everything sounds better in classical music, uh, but... Uh, we're, we're not going to touch on that. Like, shout out to all the rappers and aspiring rappers out there who are trash, but we're not going to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could. This could morph into a rap a rap conversation. I mean, that's what we usually do on these trips. That, anyway. That's very true. We, so, we, what's the what's the debate that you? Well, no, another debate. So, so Ryan has a theory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Ryan walk through this theory because okay, are we most talking about the people listening to this? Listen to rap. You know what I'm saying? And and I think most of y'all can agree with me that like the rap that's out now, the the younger culture, the mumble rap, even some of the trap type stuff has no heart. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. lyricism in it. it. It's amazing production. These these guys are amazing producers, or they have amazing producers. For but facts, there's no heart in it. You know what I mean? It's you know I'm not talking about like the stuff that J Cole or uh, Kendrick or those type of guys are coming out with Logic, Eminem. I'm talking about like I, I can't even Lil Lil whatever put something behind it. That's young, what I'm young talking young gravy, about. young gravy. Lil Lil this, Lil that, young this, young that. Like your okay. name's not even original. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, so so okay, so basically, this is this is my theory, and this is a whole nother tangent. I'm a music guy, so uh, 2013. That's when that's when music stopped being good. It's 2013 Grammys. There was an artist. His name is Macklemore. Macklemore won a Grammy over Kendrick Lamar. It was the Heist versus Good Kid, Mad City. Once once the Heist won a Grammy over Good Kid, Mad City. That's when music went downhill. People stopped caring about making albums and you start making a bunch of singles that they can package together and that's the issue with society that's the, that just society in general is because macklemore won the 2013 grammy <laughs> that's why that's why donald trump was elected and that's why joe, <laughs> that's why joe biden is the president now no no but but honestly i i get that because you want to um because it kind of leads into my next question. You want you want the music that you have in your offices to kind of be on brand with the message that you're trying to give out, right? Yeah, like that's culture. kind of the culture. culture you're yeah. To build. Yeah. Culture you're trying to build. So then my next question would be as far as branding goes for your company, do you care about how your team brands themselves outside of the company? So like their social media, is that something that you would be kind of mindful of when you're you're looking at people who are staying on the team? Yeah, absolutely. So like the whole idea of my social media is for me and um, you know, I want to just post personal stuff on there and I, I don't want to use social media as a tool is complete bullshit you know like if social media is one of the easiest ways to sell your product period mm -hmm. like that is what we preach all day long in apex and building your machine i had a call last friday talking to the guys about becoming that attractive character on social media and, and here's the thing it makes you a better person whether you know it or not because if you're truly telling the truth on social media at the same time, you're holding yourself accountable, right? So if I'm saying, hey, you know, if you want to dial in your disciplines and you want to have a better life in general, you know, you gotta stop the getting drunk till 2 a.m., right? Right. And so if I go out after that and I get drunk till 2 a.m. and I'm in pictures with people on social media at 2 a.m. at bars and stuff like that, I'm, I'm being a hypocrite, right? I mean, right. Nobody's perfect and you want to reduce the amount of times you do it and sometimes the situation is appropriate, you know, like I may be in that bar at 2 a.m. But I've only had two beers, you know, 
uh, it's more about the conversations that I'm having with the people that are there, right? Right. I mean, there's something for everything, right? But it also keeps it in the back of your head, like, hey, I put it out there on social media. I put out there that I was doing 75 hard like you are right now. Yes, I am. Like, I have to go back on there and say I failed if, if, I, if I don't finish it. Right. And that can be in the back of your head, and it's like, man, that's a motivator right there. It's a negative motivator, but it's still a motivator. So, but anyways, going back to executing on social media for, for sales, like, it's it, it's tough because young people are young. They're going to be young people no matter what. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But I don't want to be in any situation in which I I'm not having integrity with who I am. So right. whether it's on social media or whether it's at work, I want to be the same person, right? And so if I believe that you know Argenta Solar is the best solar company in the world, then I'm going to talk about that on social media because I talk about it in person and I talk about it with my friends and family too. Like this whole division of, you know, business and personal life. Sure, it exists if you're not in sales and you don't own a business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that that exists somewhat, but at, at the same time, they meld together so well, and there's so much benefit from from sharing your struggles on social media and then the lesson from those struggles. Like there's so many people that need to hear that message. So. To me, whether I'm hanging out with my family at home and, you know, I have a teaching lesson with my son or I'm at the office and I have a client and they're struggling with something and I'm able to help them overcome it, whatever the account of life is, you know, I'm always going to, I'm always going to translate that to social media as a post or as a learning lesson, whatever the case is. I think there's just too much value in everybody's thoughts that just doesn't get put out enough no i i i 100% agree with that because uh i have a like i have been doing 75 hard I, only reason why i'm posting it on uh social media is because of doug here he said if i don't <laughs> post it it don't count mm -hmm. and uh one thing is i have a i have a friend at my church who she she stopped me she was like hey you you've inspired me to start reading again like i'm not going to do the whole two workouts and one outside thing but i will start reading and i was like oh man that's awesome because you you really don't know how you are affecting people when you are are posting it on social media and i think another thing is with like yesterday i, I did a post uh me and doug we were like I said, we were just traveling, so we had a fitness center in the gym, and like I, I used the uh, "This is how you achieve freedom," yeah. and achieve freedom in a, as a hashtag, and that was like, that's a, that's a, a part of our mission statement. And when when people know that you work for a particular company, especially uh, when you're a part of groups like Apex that Doug is a part of, like I get friend requests because I'm a people are on Doug's Dream 25, so they're like reaching out to me <laughs> and adding me. But uh, they'll see like, hey, who's who who does he have around him? And then if they know that you work for this company, they're gonna see who the the boss of the company is. Mm -hmm. Company is, and they're gonna they're gonna want to know like, oh, is this what they this is what they let slide you, is this with their core values company. yeah 100 percent. all the time you you no man is an island like you're always going to be a part of some kind of group whether you like it or not like it's just the way that humans are wired to to view people and view things as a part of a group mm -hmm. so i i think that's a that's kind of like my little two cents on that um well, and I, I think that's where growth comes from. When you put yeah. yourself out in front of people and, you know, they're, they're not, like, actively holding you accountable. You're doing it to yourself because of their perception of you. You want to make sure that that's a good perception, right? Right. And it, it does. It creates this extra layer of accountability, you know, that has benefited me so much in the past couple of years since I started doing it. And it's not, and that is the deal. That's the deal too. You are going to get those messages, you know, like you got the other day in person. So we're coming back from Corpus Christi. <laughs> we're coming back from Corpus Christi. So the reason that we went there was threefold. Okay. So one, and these are all things that I just want to highlight and kind of tie them back to core values as well as kind of the culture that we have in the company right now. So. Uh, the first reason was we're partnered with a champion shoes 
-hmm. and we just finished our first uh, shoe wrapping party. So much fun. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool experience. And so what they do, and this is what I love about Mike Claudio's foundation is they they put together basically a shoe wrapping party in a box, right? They send the boxes to you. You know, we got 23 pairs of shoes, wrapping paper, um, tape, uh, stickers, the uh, thank you cards. Thank you cards. As well as the uh, notes for the kids that are getting these shoes. So if you don't know about the foundation, what they do is they buy shoes for kids that are in need, right? So, you know, the the local organization that we're working with is... uh, Big brothers and big sisters. Yeah, and um, so they gave us a list of twenty-three kids that needed needed uh, new shoes or whatever. And so Champion Shoes send, sends us everything for that, and then they also include a note in the box that allows the kid to send a thank you note. And the whole idea behind it is, you know, obviously you're you're practicing uh, paying it forward as the person donating the shoes, which is, it's it's our company, right? Right. But you're also encouraging them to practice gratitude, which, you know, is one of our core values. We live in gratitude. And um, so it's really cool to be able to kind of spread that message too at the same time that we're donating these shoes. So anyways, we got the team together. We replaced our sales meeting with a shoe wrapping party. And uh, we we uh, stuffed and wrapped 23 boxes of shoes, and so Big Brother Big Sisters probably gonna come tomorrow and pick those up, and be able to give the shoes to the kids and everything. And I think they're gonna take some pictures for us and send them to us. But that was a really cool event that is was months in the works because we wanted to kind of be more involved than just the money piece, right? Right. You can donate to a Champion Shoes. You can. Uh, do that via their website very easily but we wanted to get involved with the the, the money piece of it then we can get the content out there that will share the message of a champion shoes and get more donations on top of that so that was the idea behind that so we did that today we went down for that trip and then it turned out that last week was Cheyenne our operations admins one year anniversary uh-huh. and so uh, she's like easily the newest staff member that I have <laughs> and so we wanted to, to celebrate with her you know originally uh, Wayne our VP of sales was just gonna take her out to, take her out to, to lunch or whatever and then we were like oh well we're coming into town anyway so why don't we make it a big deal and then yesterday was Josie uh, Valdez I don't Valdez yes. yeah Josie Valdez it was uh, her last day and so um, she and her boyfriend are going to do, he's, he's, he's in the Navy, he's doing training in uh, California. San Diego, yep. Yeah, and then they're gonna be off to Japan after that. So she's leaving the company, uh, gonna go do the, the Navy thing in Japan. So that should be a very interesting experience for her. But she was one of our top closers. So like she was a big, big, big loss that we're experiencing, but we're also happy for her because they're gonna get married and everything and start their family. And so uh, we're really happy for her. But so, you know, the trip encompassed all those things and it, it, I'm enjoying this part of the process of building a new sales team around solar because we're small right now. Yeah. So we can do the intimate stuff like this where- um, And it felt authentic. When we were at a hundred people plus, it was like send them a gift card and you know what I mean? Call it a day. Like there was birthdays and anniversaries and stuff going on every week. So it was like send them a gift card or take them out to lunch or whatever and couldn't really make it that big of a deal. But we can right now while we're small. So we're definitely taking advantage of that. So that kind of leads me into my next question. Okay. Is how important is team night to building that culture? Because like like you said, we did we did two lunches uh, mm-hmm. between yesterday uh, and today, and then also Doug, my man, we, we went on a little date night at t- <laughs> <laughs> at Thai Cottage, yeah. um, and it was it was it was nice. Like we 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 had a chance to just kind of like forget about work, talk yeah. about the wives and all that good stuff, and yeah. and all that jazz. So how how on like a, a scale of one to ten, where would you place uh, team nights and stuff of that nature? So this is tough. This is really tough because 
I guess I've, I've been jaded the past, like, 10 years of team nights. You know what I mean? Yeah. And here's the tough part is we work in door-to-door sales, right? And don't get me wrong. At every level, salespeople can be childish. It doesn't matter if you're selling high-ticket items, six figures, or door-to-door, you know what I mean? Like, low six figures, whatever the case is. Like, But there's always that guy. <laughs> there's always that guy that has too much to drink and acts a fool. You know what I mean? Like, So I got a story whenever you finish. Okay. Oh, I got one too. I got one too. So let me tell you the horror stories and kind of why I'm jaded. So our probably our second Christmas party that we did, uh, we did at a restaurant. We rented the room in the back. Um, we actually rented the restaurant for the night. Okay. And we had the room, we had the main room with the stage and everything. And so we went through awards, bonuses, all that good stuff. And it was open bar. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> that one guy took advantage of the situation. Well, and here's the whole deal. It's like, this is where building a culture and core values comes into play. Because if you don't, and I didn't properly back then, if you don't, then you'll get people like this in the organization that the two hours in between the meeting that we had and the Christmas party, he chose to go straight to a bar to drink as many drinks as he could, then go to a strip club, and then go to the Christmas party. Jeez. Right? And so he was already toasted by the time he got to the Christmas party. So we went through all the awards and everything, we had a good time, and then we sat down to eat, and by this time, I guess, and I didn't even know, we had probably 40 plus people at this thing. By this time he was blitzed, and he went outside to smoke. They're usually smokers, look out for the smokers. (laughs) He went outside to smoke, (coughs) and some people were walking by, and he managed to find the dude that walks down the street and tries to fight somebody that's standing outside of a restaurant. He found that dude. And uh, so he gets into a fight, gets his ass kicked, and then of course we gotta take care of him, get him back to the hotel room, it's a whole deal. And so that's the kind of stuff that like, there's two ways to go about it, right? There's, I, I don't know that I'm ever gonna be at the level to where I'm going to like drink with my salespeople, my management, even my partners, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, like, drink, drink. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, like, at the house with your family, and you guys are drinking, right? And I don't really get drunk like that anymore anyway, so that kind of eliminates that. Right. But if there's alcohol involved, then, yes, you need to have your core values on point. You need to know that the people that are with you have a good head on their shoulders, and they're not going to do stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, we got some young guys, and we had our MDM trip. You know what I mean? And they did some stupid shit, but they corrected after we corrected them. They 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 now know when we go out to do stuff like that, like, this is appropriate and this is not appropriate. It gets, it gets so convoluted. But anyways, so if your core values are strong and you have a good culture, you don't have to worry about it as much. But if you do have a somewhat large organization with a lot of different people, here's the easiest way to nick nix it all in the butt. Don't pay for alcohol. Yeah. If you're doing a team night, and this is my rule, period, right? Unless it's something intimate with like me and Wayne. Well, Wayne doesn't even drink anyways. But like me and somebody that I know that I trust, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll, I'll pay for their alcohol with dinner, right? But that's usually not like a big party or anything. So going back to team nights where you're paying for dinner or you guys are at a pool hall or you guys are at Top Golf, you know, and that's the other thing too. Do things with activities yeah, on team night. For sure. Because it's harder to sit there and get drunk if you actually have an activity to do. Um, so obviously there's a ton of things you can do. There's Top Golf, there's um, the escape rooms, yep, bowling. You know, all this fun stuff that's kind of cheesy. But once people get into it, they love it, right? Yeah. And so, but that that's the key. Don't pay for drinks no matter what. Have a hard policy on that. Don't pay for drinks. You know, you can even go one step further, and I'll even do this every now and then, is if you 
pay for your own drinks because they're gonna pay for their own drinks, right? You're not gonna like say they can't drink. <coughs> but if you pay for the your own, pay those on a personal card, and then put all the food on the business, right? But anyways, so that, so that's I feel like the tried and true method, and then it then you don't have any liability as well. But going back to your question, because I just went <laughs> it's a whole thing, yeah. Bit, no, I feel you. Going back to your question, uh, I do believe that that camaraderie is incredibly important. I don't know that it has to be once a week. I think once a month is just fine. It just depends on where your team is at. Right. I mean, are you guys crushing it? You're knocking it out of the park and you're taking them out to dinner once a week to celebrate or once every two weeks? I think once every two weeks is plenty. And once a month, if you know what I mean, like your team isn't knocking it out of the park and they're just doing average or whatever. But it shouldn't become this thing that is expected to be paid for by the company, you know. And if you are on a budget, then just let them know beforehand, hey, we're doing team night. We're all meeting up here. We're going to pay for appetizers. And then y'all got to cover your own meals or whatever else you want to do. Or just tell them straight up, hey, we're doing team night here. We're going to play pool. Pool is pretty cheap. And so, but everybody's going to pay their own way. Let them know before. Most people will appreciate that. And then when you go out and have a good time, you'll be in good shape. But I think twice a month is plenty of team building activities, you know? And it, again, door-to-door culture, you're doing sales for a summer, that's a whole different animal, right? Yeah. Uh, our company's always been, you know, stay in one place and open up an office there and sell there. You know, that's, that's a whole different co- culture than like a, a summer sales program. You know, summer sales program, the team nights are going to be a natural thing that are going to happen naturally. You're not really going to have to plan those. So, 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 I I used to not go to any team nights, and here's why, right? Um, I did not go because the first time I even heard about a team night, it was at the old Fredericksburg office in 211, okay. right? And so, I'm not I'm not saying any names. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a team that you had set up, they went to Top Golf, and the next day, they were like, "We got kicked out of Top Golf. They have our pictures up." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was brand new to the company. Like this was mm-hmm. like three plus years ago, and I was like, "Dude, I am never going anywhere with these people." Uh, I, I grew up. I grew up with my mom saying, "Hey, you know what? Remember, you're black." Like that was, <laughs> that was like that was said in my household because it's like it, it's it's a different kind of animal when you when you. Uh, when you know that you're not invisible, in, invisible, invincible. When you know you're not invincible, you you kind of you kind of do things a little bit differently. So like I, I heard those stories, and I was like, man, this is a wild company. I need the job, so I'm not gonna quit. But like, I am never going to a team night. Yeah, I remember that group. But uh, but yeah, recently we we've had such a we we've had a lot of good people come in and come out, and it's just been a a, a nice atmosphere. Like yeah. We can do things like a, a team lunch and talk about uh, Disney crushes and, <laughs> we did it, yeah. and, and and TV shows and all that good stuff because it's it's just generally just good times hanging out with your friends or hanging out with your work family and, mm-hmm. and you know it's uh, yeah it just kind of like like you said earlier it, the business and the and the the personal kind of mix so well together when you're doing everything right when you're doing yeah. everything clean so to speak well and you know what was cool about and this is probably the first time I've done this this consistently but because one of our core values is we work hard we pray hard every meal that we had we said a prayer before the meal yeah you know and I mean I can go down the HR rabbit hole that is you know praying for your team when you're at lunch you know what I'm saying but if they don't like it they don't have to listen you know what I'm saying they don't have to bow their head they could step away and go to the restroom while we're praying. You know what I mean? Like, and the the prayers aren't like specific to one right. religion, really. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I mean, me and Wayne, me and Wayne definitely pray a certain way. You definitely pray a certain way. But it was just cool to be able to do that, and everybody participate, and, and everybody did. Everybody participated. You know what I'm saying? And like, it not be a thing. Right. You know, it'd just be like, hey, this is what we do. This is one of our core values. We work hard, we pray hard. 
Yeah, you know that's 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 one of the the main things that kind of brought me back was that that shift in core values because like the adage is always we work hard we play hard Wiz Khalifa made the song about it mm-hmm. um, just and and sales culture in general you you make a lot of money and you spend it really fast yeah and that aspect of what we do at Argenta with it being with every everything seems a little bit more dialed back than what normal sales culture looks like and that's yeah. always been uh or it has become one of my my biggest things of enjoying where where we're at like it's 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 easy to talk about what I do at work it's easy to talk about my coworkers when you know I'm not feeling like it's it's like nah you you don't need to know what I do at work yeah. <laughs> like you don't need to know the kind of people that I work with you right. know what I mean like in and that Top Golf story made me feel like that. I was like, man, I, if I ever go and I, I want to go to Top Golf with my church, they got my picture up. Like, I'm a part of that group. Like, nah, yeah. nah, it couldn't be me. We just, you know, and, and going back to back then, it, you know, that was like three years ago. Like, we did not have a strong culture, but we didn't have strong leadership at the time. And right. Because I was literally going through a divorce. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah getting paperwork for that emailed to me you know and like I, the, the last thing I was thinking about was the culture of my company you know I was thinking about making sure my business was running smooth just looking at operations sales income all that stuff and then dealing with all my personal shit you know and uh, so that was an absolute reflection of leadership at the time and that was on me you know and uh, as soon as I started focusing on the right stuff that, that culture completely changed and, and, it, and it does. It gets a lot smaller. You know, the gross income gets smaller. But that's the deal. Like, we don't talk about it enough in my circles. You know, I'm, I'm in circles with business leaders, movement makers, and, you know, people that, like, have influence in yeah. the small business community, especially in Texas and nationwide, right? And everybody loves to talk about core values. Everybody loves to talk about you know, uh, hiring and firing on them and the way your company should operate. And I don't feel like we talk about the consequences of them enough. And I feel like if we talk about the consequences more, people will follow through more with the process of whether they have an existing company and they do, they want to purge it because there's so much going on throughout the company that is just, they are not aligned with, right? Right. Or they're starting a brand new company and especially these young bucks coming in expect you know everything to be gravy in their first few years which if you're going to sacrifice your values then yes that that can't happen quickly like and i guess that's the point i'm getting to is i feel like if i wanted if i wanted to we could be at 100 solar sales a month right now all we would have to do <coughs> excuse me all we would have to do is cut some corners, charge customers a little too much, and uh, pay our salespeople these huge commissions, rip off some customers, you know, um, and cut corners with our sales process, with our uh, follow-up process, with our customer service experience, mm-hmm. and then even cut some corners with our sales rep experience. But if it's money motivated, who cares, right? right. As long as they're making five grand a week or something like that, they're gonna be happy. And so, we could do all that and we could create this monster and do big numbers and then I could brag about my numbers in front of my friends and feel like a a big guy and all this stuff but I think there's just so much more power in creating it based on core values and creating it with integrity in every step of the process right right and because we're doing it that way it's gonna be fucking slow it's gonna be painful at times the, the cash flow is not always going to come in like it should. You know what I mean? The people are going to feel like we wronged them because we booted them from the company because they w- they wanted to be a different person at work than they were in their personal life. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was bleeding over into the company. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're going to be talked about in that sense. And it is what it is. I'm completely fine with that because I know... And the same thing happens in life in every aspect of it. If you want to get in shape, you're going to have to go through some pain. 
and it's going to be a long process. Yeah, you can go to Dr. So-and-so and get cut up and do the plastic surgery route, do the shrink the stomach and, you know, all that different stuff that people do nowadays mm-hmm. and take the fast route. <coughs> but your end result is not going to be sustainable for very long and you're not going to have much peace. Right. And so that's kind of where everything ends up at. Like, if you do things that you're aligned with and you and you you operate on your values and you do right by other people and you give back and you tied or whatever you're called to do then when your work is done at the end of the day you have peace and you can genuinely be present with the people that matter and and have an abundant life you know what i'm saying this is not a poor life i'm talking about but it is going to take some time to build the right way if you're going to build it and then so many people overuse that term well you got to build it the right way do you really know what the right way means because it's not the right way when we're when we're showing the part of the company that everybody can see. It's the right way inside the company. Right. It's the right way with your people. It's the right way with the customer. And everybody can see through your company because you're transparent. Right. So, okay. So, my next question with, with all that being said, if you had to, if you had to become an employee for someone else knowing all that you know you become an employee for someone else you find out that their values are not what you expected at first but you you've built your relationship with the with the company you built your relationship with the people in the company how would you go about introducing as an employee your personal core values into the company and changing it from within oh that's a good question. So I think in order to have that kind of impact within a company, you have to be, what's the word? You have to be, they can't be willing to lose you. You have to be irreplaceable. You have to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually just saw a book about that. Yeah. You have to make yourself. Uh, what is I know. That? I know the word you're thinking of. I just can't. It's yeah. like not on the tip of my tongue yet. You have to become vital in the company. Yeah. And and I, I believe in order to do that, there has to be work put in first. Because here's the deal. Like, so many people come into your company and they want to change a core value or they want to change a mission statement or they want to change the way you do business. Right? Right. And then, it, and then they love to come in. They, they say they want to change something and you say, no, we're not going to change that until you do X, Y, and Z, and they're like, oh, you're afraid of change, you know, or they use some cliche term. And it's not that. It's like I have to make sure that you can follow through with something before I even consider this big change in the company, right? Right. And so you have to go into a, to a company, and, you know, one of the things I talked about at the Growth Encounter Conference last week was, <coughs> so there were some employees there, there were some salespeople, and there were some business owners there. So my conversation was about building great sales teams, right? And I talked about our responsibility as owners to our sales program to make sure that it's robust, that it has a good culture, and that uh, our people are compensated properly, and that they have good systems and tools in place, right? Kodak, to a T, I went through the whole thing. And at the end of it, I was like, hey, this is not, I'm not giving you permission to go to your boss after this and say, hey, how come we're not doing this? Doug said, in order to build a great sales team, you got to do this. Why aren't we doing this? No, this is, I'm giving you permission to go in and change the thing that you're not doing, right? So if you look at a sales team and and you're, you're on it or whatever, and there's no, there's no SOP for basically the, the customer experience after the sale, right? There's right. no follow-up process there's no survey that's happening or something like that then then go into a google sheet or a google doc and write out step one post uh post install step one reach out to the customer and make sure they were satisfied with the service step two write it out assign the people in the company that you think would be good at it and then bring it to the next sales meeting bring it to the next operations meeting 
bring it to your supervisor or your boss or the owner of the company and say, hey, I felt like we needed this. I went to a conference last week that said, hey, you gotta have this follow-up process in place so you can get the feedback from your customers. And then this is what I, what I have for you. Can we insert this into our sales program? And then you're bringing some value. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're making yourself indispensable. 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 Right? And so at, at that point, after consistently doing that in the company, then I feel like you can start making, uh, being a change maker when it comes to the company's values or when it comes to the company's movement, uh, culture, you know, these very high level things that usually are reserved for the visionary in the company. Right. Now, okay, so for you, would you would you look, and, and I kind of already know this answer, but I, I want to see how you word it. Would you look more at their production or would you look at their character when it comes down to those kinds of things? So I already have an answer in my head that I think you're going to say. So let's see if I'm right. Man, that's tough. Ah, man. Ah, I thought this was an easy one. No, it's it, it's not because of what I just said. Yeah. Like putting together the SOP and inserting it into the sales program and getting that approval and everything, that's, that's production. Yeah. Going out and you may not make any sales, but you... You can show, hey, I hit 70 doors. I had, you know, 15 conversations. I spoke with eight decision makers. You can show all that. That's production too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I and I feel like uh, character follows production. You know, and so no, I can't say that because they could they could be very talented and be closing really well and not have good character. So I was I was thinking. I was thinking production follows character because mm -hmm. like all those things that you said I was thinking if they don't have a strong enough character then they're not going to do that like right. just flat out they're not going to do that they're going to do the bare minimum for themselves and then call it a day it, it, it's tough because there are talented salespeople out there that you put them in front of a customer and they're going to close yeah because right? they, they have raw talent and so and typically what I find is the ones that the, the, the top producers, the elite salespeople that are elite from talent and not from experience and work ethic, they're elite from talent, they typically uh, cut corners, don't have the values or whatever the case may be. So it's like you could easily fake production. Yeah. Or not fake production, but fake character through production. But you can't... Um, can't fake character through the uh, income producing activities which is knocking doors which is adding to the sales program yeah. which is contributing um, something of substance or value right right so I, I you know unfortunately I hate answering this way but I, I think it's both it's character and production you know you could be an angel but if you're not able to go out and sell you know I'm not gonna respect your opinion towards our sales program I'm just not. You know I mean? <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, you either got to be able to sell, you got to be able to train. That's it. You got to be able to sell or be able you to You got to be able to do something worth my time. <clears throat> In that sense. Okay, so be able to train, be able to do something that shows that, hey, what you're, what you're presenting, I think also you should be doing it yourself already. Mm -hmm. Like that's another thing like if you're not doing something already that you are bringing to the table Then what makes you? How are you qualified to Present that to everybody else. Where's the data? Yeah, right? the so, metrics too many times people come to me and they complain or they say hey This is the greatest thing since sliced bread or this is terrible We should remove it from our process or we should buy this or we should fire them and, I, and every single time the first place that I go is the data show me the data that supports your opinion because it is an opinion until you've got data to back it up no that that makes all the sense in the world because yeah no I, I agree with that 100% because people 
it's easy for people to just kind of talk. Everybody has an opinions. They're kind of like uh, tail ends because I, you know, this is going everywhere. I, I try to keep it clean for the for the children in the audience. <laughs> tail ends. <laughs> Your tail ends. Everybody has one, but nobody wants to hear about yours. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people just share their opinions like it's the the best thing in the world like they're god's gift to whatever situation it is and you know more times unresolved issues are coming up (laughs) (laughs) no unresolved issues right now at least so um my next question i i just had it camera decided to be funny on me so i just lost it it's going to come back to me is going to come back to me here in a second. <laughs> oh man! Gosh, it was the it was the best one. It was the best one out. Okay, building relationships. How how important? Because I feel like the majority of this has been talking about that building of a relationship. Uh, one, the team nights, the 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 culture. Mm-hmm. How important is building the relationship outside of work? to also having that good working relationship like i would say it's it's huge because you know if you don't know if if they don't feel like they can come to you about life life yeah then i think that they wouldn't want to stay there very often uh one thing that i can say is i had a i had a employer um actually earlier this year and we had zero conversations outside of either what I'm not doing right at work which is what he told me to do at work and how I'm costing him his company or whatever the case might be but he always wanted an ear to listen so how important would you say it is to you to have that relationship with your team outside of work as well as inside of work. So it's it's incredibly important that your team and, and I hate to use this terminology but it, it, it works for this instance but it, it, it's important that your people feel safe coming to you with stuff outside of work that's affecting work. You know? And even if it's if it's not affecting work and it's just something that's weighing heavy on them and you know hurting their mental health I feel like they should always be able to come to you and have those conversations and and so the easiest way to create that relationship um, one you, you definitely want to encourage your leadership to create the relationship first right so if you're in a situation like mine where there's levels in between you and the entry-level sales rep, then you want your leadership to create that relationship to where, hey, you got something going on in your personal life, let's talk about it, and let's create a plan that satisfies work and that satisfies your personal life. And here's the deal, is like sometimes the plan can't satisfy both, but at least I know what's going on and you're just not not showing up to work. Right. (coughs) So, you know, there's two schools of thought on this. There's the employee centric thought which is I'm going to keep work about work and that's going to be it and uh, I'm going to uh, quiet quit is the new trend right are people doing that yeah I mean it's more of a corporate thing I feel like like when they're asked to work extra when they're basically supposed to go above what they're getting paid for which is so like there's so many variables involved in that but anyways my point is you want to create the kind of culture that that they feel safe coming to you uh, with stuff outside of work and and look there's a there's a limit to it you know I, I do because I've created that kind of culture and I will answer that phone and I will be empathetic to whatever's going on in their life sometimes people take advantage of it and um, they paint these victim pictures but I am kind of a hard ass in that sense and I will call them out on it. It's like, you know, we operate with integrity, you know what I mean? Like we work hard. And if I'm not hearing that in their conversation about their personal life, then I absolutely bring what we do at work into their personal life to benefit them, right? So it's like 
if something's going on in their personal life that they can they can overcome by applying our core values, then I'm going to bring the core values out, right? But anyways, <coughs> an easy way to make sure that you have a healthy relationship with your people is something that I've been talking about a lot and um, it's kind of been holding me accountable to get on top of it myself, but is having 15 minute touch bases with everybody in your company, right? And so I've got about 20, 25 people in my company right now. And um, so if I did that once a month, I, I should be able to do one a day, right? And of course, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stack them up on Fridays or Mon- or Tuesdays or something like that. I'll stack them up to knock them all out in the week and have just an hour and a half of phone time to be able to do that. But uh, if you've got 40, 60, 80, 100, it may be a quarterly thing for you. You know what I mean? Or it may be something that you put on a timeline. So like what I used to do when I had 100 plus people is it was five days after they were hired, I had a phone call scheduled with them. And it wasn't me scheduling a phone call with them. It was on my calendar to call them. And so, you know, this is something I learned in giftology, but it also may, you know, I learned about giftology after I used to do this, but it makes sense that this is a thing. So it, it appears random and it appears that you were thinking about them. So you called them. And so that has so much more meaning behind it than scheduling a, you know, touch base call with the CEO. And so you just call them randomly and say, hey, this is Doug. Uh, you know, I just wanted to touch base with you, see how you like everything going with the company so far. And I would have about two or three questions that I was asked every single one of them, but I would let the conversation flow naturally. And then I would, I would, I would wrap it up around 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And typically that would give me so much insight to one, who they were, and then two, how they, their experience was coming into the company. So that, that's at right. the entry level, right? And then, so I would have another one scheduled for six weeks. So it's like, or five weeks. So five days, five weeks, you know what I mean? And then depending on how many people I had within the company, every six to eight weeks, I would have one of these calls in my calendar. It would all be based on their hire date. You know what I mean? So everybody would get the same amount of attention over, over the year, depending on when they were hired. And so that worked out really well. You know, obviously you've got different touch bases scheduled with your management and stuff like that. Anyways, you're in weekly meetings with your management, but that's not a big issue. Maybe your middle management uh, needs a little more attention, but you, you, you adjust accordingly, right? right? (coughs) And so what that does is it gives you, it gives you that pulse throughout the company what's going on in the company and you're not hearing the same thing from your management you're hearing it from everybody right and then the second thing is yes you're going to have conversations about their personal life you're going to ask them about their wife their girlfriend their brand new baby you know how are they doing all that kind of stuff if you want to get really detailed about it and this is going to be me i already know it then why not you know have like in that calendar invite that you know uh, repeats or even in your uh, CRM or just in a notebook. You know what I mean? How amazing would that be to have a notebook that you went back to and it, it can be digital or paper that you went back to and it had notes on those conversations. You know what I'm saying? So you can come back to them. And I feel like at, at my head count, that's not going to be a big deal. I can remember most of that. But when you do get into that 50 plus head count, I would definitely want notes on the wife's name, the kids, you know, t-ball or baseball what are they into what's going on in their lives oh that's that's really good because it it does like um i want to say it was sam kaufman he said he doesn't like the idea of work-life balance Uh because his his life not not necessarily revolves around work but everything in his life is work everything that he's mm-hmm. doing he's working towards something and all those all those line up all of them are aligned i guess that's kind of the i haven't read the book but i guess that's kind of the concept of aligning your empire yes boom there you go look at me <laughs> look connecting at the dots o- osmosis is what yeah they be saying. but but honestly 
you 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 will I and I, I I've been thinking about it since MBM like you will never be able to completely cut off life from work it's just not possible it's literally not possible yeah like um, you, my, you just have people that are a little deeper into your life you know what I'm saying exactly like you know like the fact that you and I spend so much time together like because you know you're the media manager and you have to capture all this stuff like I'm gonna have a deeper relationship with you than I am you know one of the salespeople. it's just the way right. that it is because we take two hour trips almost every other yeah, week yeah yeah <laughs> So yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a lot deeper, and you you, you it's just impossible. It's impossible to have a quote unquote quote unquote work life balance when you're doing it right, because yeah. you're gonna realize, hey, I need to be intentional about intentional about everything that I have mm-hmm. and everything that I'm doing. And when you are intentional about it, it's just it's going to work out the way that it needs to work out. Yeah. However, that balance quote-unquote looks it's just the way that it's gonna have to look um so we're creeping up on uh an hour we also have had a few calls that doug probably should be taking (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna end this nice little car ride um with some words of wisdom go ahead doug oh man um so there's no work-life balance i i don't believe that at all I, i can't agree with you more uh, but what you can do is be present where you're at. Be be present where your feet are planted, right? I just heard that quote before. But I do, my, my day lives in time slots in my head and time slots in my calendar, right? And uh, it's, it, it is, it's very hard to do sometimes because you do. We have, as entrepreneurs, we have a laundry list, a hundred things long, and we always feel like we should be working on it right but you know if there's 15 minutes before an event or a meeting that's about to happen you're not going to get much done in that 15 minutes so why not walk over to one of your people your staff your admin make a phone call and make a connection right and so when you do have that downtime make a connection continue to build the relationships and that will just mean so much more to them than whatever task that you were going to complete in that moment, unless it was their payroll. <coughs> That's what I got. Nice. So my words of wisdom are, chew the hay, spit the sticks. Um, it's an old saying that they that they said. See, I thought we were going to turn right now, and I thought I wasn't going to have to finish this, but <laughs> <laughs> now that we're stopping. No, it's chew the hay, spit the sticks, basically meaning like you, you get everything that you need out of the situation and everything that you don't throw it out and I I think that a lot of times uh, what we tend to do is we we tend to try to take all of a situation and apply it into our lives and a lot of times that doesn't work I think that um, in those building of relationships I think what, what stuck out to me and why I wanted to share this was the whole like if it's applicable you bring the core values into their personal situation mm-hmm. and you can only do that if you're if you're paying attention to what's being said you're taking out the 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 actual issue and you're you address it right then and there so um, to avoid a lot of that one thing that can help you in any situation is chew the hay spit the sticks focus in on what's important and then allow everything else to kind of wash off of you and you, you throw that out of uh, whatever whatever the situation might be. Man, it's weird how in so many conversations I do that naturally and I almost piss people off when I do it because yeah. they're like, well, I want to I chew on all these sticks. And I'm like, well, let's focus on the first problem yeah. and then we'll get to that. Yeah, if like, it, I have it to, is a problem. I have to stop people and refocus them. It's like, hey... We need to fix this problem first, or we need to let's work through this issue, and then we'll go to the next one. Versus trying to accomplish everything at once. Yeah, it's just it's never going to happen. It's not going to work. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. Doug, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all we got. And this was, uh, and as if you couldn't tell, I know you could tell. This was an impromptu <laughs> episode, and we were dry. It's it's 
Wednesday? It's Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. We got. <laughs> that's supposed to come out tomorrow. This is gonna come out tomorrow. <laughs> this is what we get for deciding to do three episodes a week, and then you travel and you didn't load up your episodes, whatever the case is. But hey, consistency wins championships, people. Yes. So we are not gonna miss the Wednesday episode. Ryan's gonna put in the work tonight. I'm gonna, gonna put get in the it. Work. Gonna get it uploaded and. And we're gonna stay consistent. And it's gonna be fire. Three episodes a week, baby. Three episodes oh. a week. And we're going off. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is gonna this is gonna be a great one. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.